Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast, Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee. And I have my dear friend Julian here coming from the UK in his home office. How are you doing this morning, Jules? I'm good, Langdon. I'm in, um, as you say, I'm in the UK, so it's the middle of summer and it's cloudy and raining outside. So we're 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 celebrating summer here in the UK. No, just just living the dream with rain. We living the dream. We're not getting much of that here, so any chance you can get, hey, I understand. That's good. But yeah, we uh, we enjoy and we're hopeful that you're that you're enjoying your time this summer and everything that's going on and and each of your own worlds. But we look forward to the next few minutes today and talking about safety leadership and and honestly just how can we drive better engagement in the realm of health and safety and I know that's something that honestly I think we could all do better and it's we look at it from this perspective of kind of the discussion is framed a little a little bit more around um, reflecting to an actual the leader but you know I think I would definitely be remiss to say that leaders can come in all different uh, shapes, forms, levels throughout the organization. So how can we really drive better engagement? And, you know, one thing that I think about whenever, whenever we talk about leadership engagement and, and safety leadership, and it's, it's how many times have we have, you know, myself, and I, I know you have as well, Jules, we've had discussions, we've have done health and safety consulting, maybe it's been a transition of, maybe it's just going back doing a, a final a final report after a after an engagement I had after a, a walkthrough engagement or a, a more of an in depth health and safety consultative uh, process to even just a, a safety management change maybe it's implementing a new tool a software tool whatever it is and how many times have senior leaders actually been there to to want to know what's happened what 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 are we getting from this what are we trying to learn and and I can honestly say. 50% maybe is a, is, is a stretch goal. Um, and I, I usually mention, you know, who's going to be there, who, who can we have there? Because you want to have that no matter how we look at it, you know, we can say health and safety comes from the, from the bottom up. And honestly it, it does. That's where the real work is. Health and safety is there. But if there's no top down approach to actually showing that we have to put an emphasis on it, you're going to have a gap pretty, unfortunately, pretty, pretty often. So how can we really drive that and how how can we get better conversations with them and ensuring that they that the senior leaders are there? Because, again, I, I can think of numerous times that maybe they they have put someone else in place to kind of target or push, you know, lead the lead the charge. But if they're not doing it themselves um, and they're not there, they're not taking part in it. What does that really mean? Uh, so over the next few minutes, we're going to talk about senior leadership and how we can drive more engagement. What are your What are your thoughts, Jules? Well, this is this is the thing I, I get most passionate about. I think Langdon, because when you when you stop and think about your own experiences in the workplace, and and, and anybody who's listening can do this. Think about the businesses that you've worked for, and you think about the things that particularly senior leadership talked about, the things that they made priorities and that generally tends to then cascade down the organization in terms of what are the priorities for the other levels and, and, and people across an organization so senior leadership have got a really 
sort of key part to play because what they do and what they say finds the way that people behave and it and it and it can be unconscious sometimes it might not even be a conscious thing it can be an unconscious thing but if i'm working in a manufacturing plant for example and 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 all that they talk about is production numbers people aren't going to want to do something that that disrupts those production numbers and that even might even be unconscious that that they behave in that way, but it happens. Um, really interesting story, uh, uh, and I think we, I think as safety professionals, we have to challenge. We have to learn to challenge leadership. Um, uh, there's there's a guy that I've talked to quite a few times, and I get on really well with him. Um, and and he very proudly told me one time, uh, our, our senior leadership say that safety is their number one priority. So. I had a bit of a, a sort of wry smile on my face when he said it um, because I've heard it so many times before. Safety's our number one priority, okay? She's a, it's a, it's an easy thing to say, but let's evidence it. Um, so we carried on having our conversation and he talked about some of the things that they said that they should be doing. And I asked him a question. I said, okay, so how many, how often do you, do you sort of talk to senior leadership? How often do you report to senior leadership about safety? Once a month. So I was, okay, so safety is our number one priority. We report once a month, okay? So you just stop and think about then if we report once a month, how, how often do senior leadership seriously think about safety? But I let the conversation flow and I said, okay, what, what do we report to senior leadership about? Incidents. So we're reporting to senior leadership once a month about stuff that's already happened and we can't change, we can't affect. So we carried on talking. I said, I asked the question, I said, so I'm just interested, what are the other sort of really important metrics that you have as an organization? And 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 the metric that that they talked about was um, customer satisfaction. So I said, great. I said, how often do, do people report to senior leadership on customer satisfaction? And he said, oh, they look at those numbers every day. And I said, okay, so so I think it's time to start calling out the BS with your senior leadership here. Um, and I think it's really a really serious point, this, is is actually to go to them and say, safety is not our number one priority. Customer satisfaction is actually our number one priority as a business. Safety isn't, because it, it clearly isn't. And, and And I have to say, that's such a typical situation that we come across, isn't it, Langdon, that that actually we report to senior leadership once a month. We report about lagging indicators, things we can't change and we can't affect. So actually clearly ch changing safety and, and making safety as moving towards that excellence in the maturity curve again is something that is, isn't going to happen. So, so I think it's a really key thing. Be prepared to challenge. Be prepared to call out the BS if, if, if people are saying things that aren't, sort of reality um i suppose qu question langdon I'll, th I'll throw this one at you, at you to have a, have a have a sort of think about which is 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 why 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 aren't senior leadership particularly as invested as we would like across these organizations when it comes to health and safety you know i think that's a that's a really good um i think that's a really good question and it's because so kind of taking it a step back, maybe when we look and think about it of priority versus value and what does that, what does that mean? And how we, how we actually want to view that, how we want things to be portrayed. 
So, and I, I think this is a conversation that's been going on for a while. You know, what's a priority? Well, things are priorities. They're good. Priorities change, <laughs> you know, let's be honest. So when we look and if we say the perspective of health and safety, that's our number one priority. That's great. Uh, what happens when next month or next week, uh, senior leadership or the board decides, hey, we have a new priority we need to put in. What what happened? Uh, you know what happened to health and safety? That's still up there, but it's not. It's not that that's our number one anymore, or maybe it is. You know whatever. So when health and safety is a value, then you start thinking about it from and and when I say value, I'm not trying to be that. You know this is a whole other. People get caught up in that also. What I mean is, if it's a value to all things, it's kind of like our last podcast when we were talking about learning culture. If you are constantly learning, you're wanting to be better. If you make health and safety a value, then throughout the overall process, hopefully that's ingrained in what I'm doing. So for an organization, how is how are they going to be profitable? And let's, let's be honest, um, profits is the number one generator probably globally. And it has to be because if I'm not profitable as an organization, I'm probably going to fail as an organization, which not only do I have to, at, at that point, if, if we have to shut down the doors, the health and safety of those people really doesn't matter because they're not even going to be employed anymore. And, and that's a whole nother, you know, then you have mental health, mental wellness that comes into play, stress. I mean, so there's, let's don't go down that road. But if you look at it, productivity, quality, health and safety, and that can incorporate the property of the building, the, you know, safe operations, all that. It, it, when you incorporate all those together, that's what equals good profits. So for, for management, for senior leaders, I think one tough thing is it's really, maybe it's differentiating those to a certain extent. If, if safe, let's say doing things safely, as safely as possible, if that is really your number one priority. So if safety, safe or safe operations, let's say, that's our number one priority. What does that mean? Then you start cascading that a little bit. That's when you really ingrain all aspects of health and safety and the productivity, the quality, and then it can stretch further. So for me, when I see senior leadership, if, if from my experience, when you start having disconnects, it's when we start thinking or when they start thinking that maybe it's more of a cost. It's a burden. It's not putting the focus. What you know? Hey, this is something we have to do. We got to check this box. Let's go do it. We need more budget for X, Y, Z. No, our budget is allocated elsewhere. That's one of the most difficult things to overcome. Is instead of a cost center or you know cost center where we're just dumping money into, how can we ensure that this is something that actually is is producing? And really, to me, it's pretty easy to show. You know, it's easy to show why health and safety doesn't cost, it pays. I think that's a really important point, Langdon, is is actually very often leadership view health and safety as something that is, is just a cost. It's not something that actually contributes towards revenue. And so I think part of the safety professional's toolkit in, in the modern world has got to be the ability to show that ROI, hasn't it? It's got to be able to actually show health and safety contributes to better productivity it contributes to better quality it, it contributes to better employee retention and all uh, and ultimately actually when we think about things like tenders and 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 sort of winning business 
health and safety is part of that that sort of equation these days in terms of you've got to be able to demonstrate to your customers that you do things in the right way so it can actually help to win business if we do things in the right way you have to sell it internally and externally absolutely yeah yeah um so so what we what we're sort of talking about here in terms of calling out the bs in terms of of sort of talking about roi is that really part of what a safety professional has to be able to do is influence isn't it they've got to be able to influence across their own organization and particularly up the organization um i, I suppose another tie that we have here is that it's that change isn't it from a few years ago when everybody was talking about safety culture safety culture safety culture got to create a safety culture and and actually it's come to a point where there's a recognition that actually safety culture is not a good thing because the danger is that if safety culture and the business culture are odds with one another business culture is always going to win out that profitability piece that you've talked about is always going to win out over the safety culture so what we've got to do is make safety a part of the business culture. Um, another story sort of along those lines, which kind of signifies there's still some work to be done. I, I went to a, a, a conference not too long ago and there was a, a lawyer talking um, and, I, and I put my sort of preconceptions aside around lawyers and sort of went to this particular seminar. Um, and I'm glad I did because actually he asked an absolutely killer question. And, and, and it was really interesting. It was a real light bulb moment was there were 150 safety professionals in this room and we've got our lawyer up on stage talking. And the question he asked was, when was the last time that anybody in the room saw the job stopped because somebody raised a safety concern? And, and, and Langdon, do you want to guess how many hands went up? How many were there? Did you say 100 plus? Maybe one, <laughs> if, if we're lucky. <laughs> no hands went up. Yeah. So, so, so either we we live in a world where we are doing such a good job there are no safety concerns, and I'm going to maybe suggest that that's not the case. Yeah, or we still have a, a disconnect in terms of culture within organisations. Um, so it shows we've still got a job of work to do, doesn't it? And and I, I firmly believe that actually that job starts with influencing leadership because leadership will then define the engagement of your people and the behaviors of your people when it comes to their daily activities. Well, no, exactly. And I think, so something that you're saying, actually, I've seen very similar and maybe 50%, you know, at, at some of these sessions where people are raising their hands, but there's another one. And, and it is that changing in priority, if you will, you know, I was at a conference earlier this year working with some health and safety execs. And I want to say there were 25, maybe 30 people in the room. I don't, I don't remember exactly. It was a decent amount, but they were global uh, EHS executives, VPs and such. And it was a lot of, and you know how things have been. A lot of them were around the word that we don't want to name. We don't want to bring up. For those don't of you who don't it. know, it's, don't say it's, it. don't it's say the it. C word. <laughs> it's COVID. I don't, I'm not going to say it again, but they, they were talking about that and, and everyone was talking about the impact it was having. And I remember talking to, I looked at, at the time, um, one of my fellow workers, it, the, the other previous bald guy that was here also with us, um, he was there and I just remember whispering to him, this is, we're putting so much emphasis on this. 
on on COVID and on the change. I, I don't understand. You know, and it's it's been two years. We've still got to remember the basics. And right after that, someone brought up, they said, somebody asked a question. They're like, well, how is your health and safety just in general? The, you know, the, the normal every, every day. And uh, one of the senior leaders who was also there on top of the health and safety exec, he said, oh, it's really fall, fallen to the wayside. And I just kind of stopped for a minute. I was like, really? He said, yeah, if, if you know, if, if uh, we did a compliance um, inspection or anything right now, I, I think we would struggle. And what to me, it was, it wasn't a light bulb moment, but at the same time, it was, what did that say? That said that, and and don't get me wrong, the word that we don't want to name, that, that was a health and safety issue. But so much a leadership had to shift and they put so much focus on that. You're talking about the general health and safety that honestly, it's kind of like our previous, probably it ties a little bit into our previous podcast. Everyone just assumed they've been trained. They've done that. We've, they're fine. No, you're you're not fine. What if water went on the floor and somebody didn't know it and they didn't clean it up properly or whatever? That's a you know just a quick, but it showed that shift in in priorities. What happened? Everything got put on COVID in general health and safety. So you know if you look at here in the U.S. the Code of Federal Regulations, I mean, thousand pages. You know over there HSE. I mean anywhere that has you know pretty in depth regulatory bodies and regulations as a whole standards. I mean, there's a lot more than just even I'll even broaden it. There's a lot more than just infectious diseases. And how can we maintain that? And to say that it fell to the wayside. And that was a leadership for a lot of times, whether it's board or whatever, that was a leadership reason. So what happened? But we saw a, a an overall shift in general health and safety and everyone almost I'm not going to say it was 100 percent, but it was probably about 90 percent raised their hand and said, yeah, same thing for us. So you think about that. What did that show? But you know, hopefully if somebody had asked that same question as, you know, do you have stop work authority? Hopefully you'd see the same thing, but you saw an entire shift because of that. And then we let a lot of the impactful, important things of health and safety kind of fall. So I guess what I'm saying is a lot of times leadership has, whether it it's from their own, whether it, own decision, whether it's from the board, whether it's from pressure of, um, of supply chain, you know, whatever it is, things change. Unfortunately, priorities shift. So how can we keep them engaged and focused on keeping health and safety ingrained in? And that's like you said, that's why I I don't like health and safety culture because it's, it's not real. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that thing, isn't it? Of It's separating it out. It's making it. And again, it kind of isolates safety. That's the way I look at it. It isolates safety as this, as this, separate thing that we have to do separately from the day job whereas actually it should just be we we should just be part of the way that we do things around here part of what we do is that we we produce widgets but we produce widgets and we do it in a safe way um it's interesting after sort of uh, are are we through covid yet are we past covid i I don't know whether we whether we are or we're not but um we, we did a we did a webinar uh, not so long ago, which was ha, has health and safety changed post COVID, and and actually I'd suggest it hasn't. I suggest we still need to get that focus back on the basics, and that's what we're talking about here. Which is, I still believe, sort of globally, 
there's a big gap there in terms of where we need to be with with leadership and where we currently are um and 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 that your starting point perfectly illustrates it langdon which is we go and visit organizations and we're looking at major cultural change and there's no sign of leadership in those conversations until it gets to a point where for example a check needs to be signed um so it, it just suggests to me that there's not that true engagement with safety that we're looking for so i think it's something that we need to really challenge on really push on to to, to get a change because the leadership will define the engagement and the type of engagement that we get from everybody else across our organization yeah well and you know and i won't negate a lot of the organizations that senior leadership has maybe for those they've let health and safety be you know they are part of senior leadership that's great or they have empowered others to they want to know what's happening but they and they're they're very vested but they have delineated someone else to to manage and and they trust it you know so that's kind of different but it's still on the same principle of how engaged are they how are they trying to constantly utilize and utilize different kpis so it's not just i mean you know understanding incidents that's great uh, i'm i'm a huge uh, believer in lagging indicators and and it is because there's a lot you can learn from that that being said i don't just react and think about it from that perspective because there's so many leading there's honestly not even if you take it a step further in leading there's so many i don't even know what i'd necessarily call it just preventative tendencies maybe that you can see that there are little things that there are areas that we could do better and improve upon. And when you start looking at all of those, that's when you start seeing, you know, how are, how are our employees? How is their human performance? How is the behavioral aspect? And it is because, you know, you think about it, all it takes is one person having a bad day at home coming to work and something could happen where they, you know, was leadership aware of that? I mean, you hope so, but a lot of times not. So how can we embed the type of organization that we want? So all things, so health and safety is throughout. So when that person comes to work and you can kind of tell, you know, uh, Joel seems a little off today. I wonder what's up. How can, how can we be that perceptive? And it, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything catastrophic, but it, it could mean maybe his own, he's, just had a bad night. He's been up with the kids all night or his wife got onto him because he left a plate on the table or something. Um, you know, you know what, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. That was a good example though. It was. You know, how, how often can we, you know, whatever it is, how often does it show that there's something that they come to work and we're not at the peak. I mean, I know I've been there before and that's when we start thinking is health and safety ingrained so that that the senior leader at that, and I'm not even talking about organizationally, let's get a little more minute at that specific facility is engaged to help try to make some differences. I mean, it's, if we don't have it fluid throughout, there's going to be, there's, there's going to be process failures. I mean, you know, and that's the thing. Well, I think I think you took you did touch on something there that I think is is something that's really pragmatic that people can do, which is 
is actually start to change the information that they feed through to senior leadership. And I think so. I think you think back to our earlier examples. If we increase the frequency of reporting, so if we report once a week instead of once a month, people are thinking about it more frequently. They're probably going to talk about it more frequently. If we then change the the things that we we're reporting to them on, so if we start to to we still need to report on incidents. I'm not saying we don't, but if we start to build a culture of actually reporting on proactive measures, leading indicators like hazard spotting, for example, actually we can start to change the frequency of conversation and change the tone of the conversation, can't we? So the, the conversation can start to be around which teams are reporting hazards, which teams aren't. So let's go and understand why not. Let's go and understand the hazards that are being reported and and start to talk to the teams about how we mitigate against those and prevent them from reoccurring. Um, and, and, and a big part of leadership is, is really simple stuff. It's talking to people, isn't it? So actually, if every time a leader, senior leader goes to a, a different team, department or facility, they actually talk to them about the latest hazard spotting figures and, and what they're showing and, and where they're coming from, all of a sudden, that simple act starts to just make safety something that's seen to be important. So we're talking about production numbers, but we're also talking about hazard spotting numbers. Actually, it starts to make it part of the same thing, and it also starts to raise the priorities. So we, we don't have to be rocket scientists. We don't have to, to be sort of graduates. We don't have to be intellectuals about this thing. A key part is keeping it really simple, isn't it? Is give give senior leadership different information, explain and help them to understand how they can use that information and what it means, and actually just encourage a bit more noise about health and safety. You know, and no, I think it's a great point because it, it's one of those, how many times have we seen something even catastrophic that has driven change? And that's not saying, you know, there's a lot of organizational a lot of the oil and gas, for example, industry, they're some of the safest. Now, they have some of the highest hazards, but they're some of the safest organizations. Many of them, it came from massive incidents. Many of them, it just came from learning from others and similar. But, you know, an organization that I worked for previously, probably about 25 years ago now, they stemmed or were created off of an incident, a fatality that occurred um, at the place that created uh, that created them and they were very family oriented. It was just a, one of those fluke incidents that happened. And how many times do we even look at that, that massive impact made a change. And, and that's, you know, that's unfortunate. Um, at the same time, if it, it, it drove change for the better, hopefully moving forward. And that's not what we're saying. We don't, we don't want a major incident to occur to, to do that. But unfortunately, sometimes that's what it takes, or even the realization that something serious could, could lead to that. Because there's a lot of areas, you know, we, we mentioned a lot of times on here, our maturity model of going from the negligence to the reactive to the compliance proactive uh, excellence and it, to me it always boils down to does it really matter where you are no no i mean it, it does but it doesn't all that matters is you understand hey we're here there's areas that we can improve upon and what are different things getting leadership involved getting everyone understanding the importance of it 
understanding that we don't want that catastrophic incident to occur. Um, and that's when you start seeing hopefully better changes because it, I mean, leadership's, and honestly, I, I won't, I want leadership to be focused on how can we maintain a certain level of productivity and improvement and, and quality and, and, and making in general safe and healthy operations fluid throughout that needs to be the most important thing. And then everything will, will succeed from that because I, I want my organization to be profitable so I can have a job and take care of my, my three, three little girls. Hopefully my wife's not listening as I tied her into that third one. Um, but it, it is, I think, very important because it, it's it's focusing on where improvement and where change can really be the most impactful. And it's easy for a leader to do that because then we look to them. Absolutely. I, I think it's interesting what you say about the maturity model because I think, yeah, we, 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 we like that as a concept and as a model. But it's like any of these things in the real world. What does it really mean? And I think the word you use there that's really important, Langdon, is focus. At least if we can start to create a focus outside of just the health and safety team, so it's not just that small team trying to make change, but we create that focus outside of the health and safety team, that's when you'll start to get a change and things will start to improve. So interesting conversation. We could talk about this one loads. And we're going to carry it on next week, aren't we? We're going to talk next week about engagement across the broader organization. And again, there's lots we can start to think about there. But I suppose to summarize today, first thing is call out the BS. Okay, that's that's a key point is if, if people are saying things that don't correlate to what's really going on as a safety professional, call it out. Yeah, let's call it out and start to drive change. Um, the other thing is become an influencer. So it's that, how, how do I start to show senior leadership that there is a return on investment if, if we get this right? And actually what it's going to do is have a direct correlation towards profitability, towards the ability to win more business, towards production levels, towards things like employee retention. Really important. And I think to your point, uh, we've all heard of those really high profile incidents, the ones that make global news. Um, but even uh, for smaller businesses, don't wait for the ca catastrophe to happen for things to change. And we've seen that very often where suddenly people have come to us and said, can you help us? And it's because something has happened that, that really shouldn't have happened. So we want to avoid that point as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Please follow and subscribe on Spotify, Apple. Uh, you can also check us out at evotix.com. And if you want to really check out how follically challenged we are, you can follow us on YouTube. Okay, so you can like and subscribe on YouTube. That would be great. It'd be great to talk today. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. And watch each other's back.